is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. And I just want to... Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Recording from a vine-covered Ferris wheel at the Smogville World's Fair in Smogville, which is part of the world... This is World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton. And I'm Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a bad contract and are now forced to discuss the only things we truly understand, or sometimes don't, obscure and forgotten pop culture and other mysteries of the universe. We talk good, we talk fast, and we talk true. The end. I'm sorry we missed last week. Yeah, sorry. Apologies. So, I have an update on Season 2, Episode 1. All right. That was our episode where... A cliffhanger. Yeah. It's going to be resolved right now. Yeah. It was, uh, that was our episode where we discussed Travis Walton, the subject of the film Fire in the Sky, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, one of the f- most famous UFO abductees. That's true. Uh, I happened to meet a guy, and he tells me the town he's from. And I'm like, why do I know that place? Have I been through it? Like, maybe I've passed mm. through it. And he's like, no, I've... You've definitely never passed through it. It's like a logging town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and he said, are you sure, Mr. Deep Throat? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, have you ever seen Fire in the Sky? And I was like, oh, you're from mm-hmm. Fire in the Sky, the place. And he was telling me how he would, uh, he like knew Travis Walton's much younger little sister, like dated her or something, mm-hmm. and uh, would hang out at the gas station where Travis made the phone call when he returned. Ah. Um, so I asked him, I was like, what do you think? What do you think really happened? Like, blow my mind, man. Mm-hmm. You know Travis Walton. What's he really like? He's like a normal kind of dude. Keeps to himself mostly. <laughs> That's what he said? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Doesn't, he says he doesn't seem like the type who would have done this for the fame. Who, have, who would have made up a story about UFO abduction for, for well. the fame. He's a, he's a nice, quiet guy. He has that's he has sort certainly... of the same thing that people said about Son of Sam and a lot of other fa- a lot of serial killers have been described as a quiet guy that kept to himself that seemed like normal, right? Oh, that's true. I think specifically Son of Sam was really defended as being qu- <laughs> as or, being a quiet guy, quiet guy, quiet neighbor guy. Yeah. Well, Travis Walton is not a serial killer. Let's get that out of the way. Well, I I did I, just, I, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't commenting on his character as much as the... As, as just the idea that the quiet idea guy that, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, quiet, yeah I understand. The, the quiet neighbor, he might be quiet because he doesn't want you to call the police because he's got so many body parts in his house. He did say that he's the kind of guy that, um, you know, he's obviously made made some money off his story, but he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't, like, shove it in your face that he's wealthy, but he'll have a nice car in the he's, garage. He's but he's still well- the same, like, he's still the same guy living in the same neighborhood. So he lives in the same place. He just has a really expensive car. Pretty much, yeah. How is he rich off this? From just Fire in the Sky, the movie? Well, because he, yeah, you, man, you write a book and sell the movie rights. It's a lot of money. I mean, you're rich for, you're rich for living in a logging town in Arizona. 
That's true. And I bet the I bet property <laughs> Yeah. Get property pretty cheap there. Yeah, he's like, my house is worth $120,000. Yeah. And it's like this giant mansion. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would yeah, be. huge. I have, a, I have a good friend who lives in a small town and just bought a miniature golf course. Wow. And, it's like uh, we bought a zoo, but for a small town. He bought a miniature golf course, and I probably shouldn't reveal the particulars, but when we turn, it will make your hat spin how little he's paying for this. Really? Yeah. Wow, I, I've never, it's never occurred to me the dream of buying a mini- miniature golf course. Well, that's the thing that I think we're doing wrong. We're in the bustling metropolis of Smogville. Mm-hmm. If we moved out to like Terrytown mm-hmm. or uh, Roseville or, or Dipsville. Dipsville. Oh, Dipsville's really cheap. Mm-hmm. But uh, you better watch the suspension on your car in Dipsville. That's right. <laughs> Don't, you bought them out there, man. Literally and figuratively. Man, I showed up there with a bag of chips, and I was so excited, mm-hmm. and then bottomed out my car instead. you got to go to Double Dipsville. <laughs> That's right. For that one. Yeah, Double Dipsville. You can smell the clams a mile away. Mm-hmm. I love that beautiful like, clam mm, aroma. clam and ranch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still doing the, the school of flirting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, socks, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we should do some how-to videos. Man, when I was editing... What are, what are some things that we don't know how to do that we can make how-to videos about? How... That we, that we, we don't know how to do? Well, We're supposed the, to be experts in the video. The no, how-to the, video. The, well, the flirting guy obviously doesn't know anything. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, one, maybe we should make videos where people pick locks. We yeah, we'll do lock pick <laughs> tutorial videos. Those are exciting. I've watched a couple of them. They're kind of impressive. And so we don't know about it, but how hard could it be, you know, to pick a lock? I'm getting pretty good at it in Skyrim. Mm -hmm. I'm not at expert level yet because that's one of the perks I choose to kind of hold off on. Mm -hmm. You 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 kind of feel it. You kind of feel it. Yeah, you kind of duck down a little bit and Mm -hmm. then put your arms out to your side. Then nobody can see you. (laughs) Balance with your tail. You balance with your tail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then you just got to rotate two little metal things. And then if one breaks, you start over. Yeah, and you have Until like you, get it. you have nineteen or twenty of them at all times, lockpicks. Yeah, so it's all right. And you can do it while a skeleton man is swinging his sword at you. Time, time really holds still when you're lockpicking. Well, it's one of those things. It's relative, right? Where well, that's it's like, like when, when you get. Have you been in a car accident? No, thank there, goodness. When when they happen, suddenly things really do suddenly slow down. You look over, and it's like slow motion. It's like the Matrix. Oh boy! So, and that's perception. That's the same yeah. way as video games. Right when that. That zombie swinging his sword, you suddenly... It feels like a long time when you slip your hand into his purse. <laughs> yeah. But it, the, it's all relative, you know? So that's what we'll... You know, we'll, we'll just be good old folksy guys. Boy, mm-hmm. I tell you, time sure slows down when you're picking locks. Time sure is relative. Here in the safe factory, <laughs> we like to do things a little slower. All you need for a safe is a stethoscope. That's it. You need a... St- yeah, a stethoscope and... Uh, well, for a combination safe, mm-hmm. you can also, if you're really hardcore, you put on those steampunk goggles mm-hmm. and then some sort of spark machine yeah. to get into a safe. Mm-hmm. Or if you're Vin Diesel, you strap a giant safe to your Dodge Charger and just yank it. And then high speed chase with the cops chasing you while you're dragging the safe dragging around. Dragging the safe, yeah. Yeah, now Vin Diesel, of course, we're all looking forward to. Fate of the Furious, the eighth entry into the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumors are that Dwayne. The Rock Johnson and Vin Diesel have had a feud. But speaking of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, didn't see him last night at WrestleMania. Yes. WrestleMania. 
It's time for our, our best-selling segment, probably, Oiled Boys. So you're the man that moves the world. You rule the world long enough. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? Come and get me. Now, I watched WrestleMania 32 recently, and i got to admit, when The Rock came out, it's cool at first, yeah, yeah. but he really milks it. I think that's maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in wrestling, and and that's and I remember when uh, David Arquette won the title. <laughs> I watched I watched Jay Leno wrestle, mm-hmm. but The Rock coming out and then just waving to the crowd and for hearing, thirty minutes. Yeah, and you hear that dun 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 like guitar thing over and over. Yeah, because they over. just they just got to loop it, and then he's like, "Wait, The Rock will be right back," mm-hmm. and then he comes out and he's got a flamethrower, mm-hmm. and he's just like shooting fire, which is like. That's not cool. It's like 20 minutes. Maybe if you were the one shooting the flamethrower, it would be cool. But watching Dwayne The Rock Johnson shoot a flamethrower for 20 minutes is not exciting. It's not. And, and The Rock's a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. He's, a, he's a, great, a great guy. But he comes out and he basically just says, like, welcome to WrestleMania. And this is 30 minutes long. Yeah. So I yeah. think he, doesn't he announce that they like, broke a record for stadium yes. attendance, which is a lie which every I've, time yeah, they say it. I've heard every year it's a lie yeah. also. I'm not sure what the specifics are on that. Yeah. Like they just make a number up? Yeah, they just inflate it. They just kind of make it up because they're not really legally, it's not legally binding. It doesn't matter. And even if they do a retraction, like anyone hears that, you know, on on SmackDown two weeks later. WWE, more than any other industry, just longs so hard for mainstream acceptance. Mm -hmm. So anytime, like if LeBron James wears an Undertaker t-shirt, they're going to mm. blast that out there. If they're the number one, they love to tell you they're the number one trending topic. Yeah, they really love social media. Yeah, and so I can't, uh, like, when I'm watching it and they say, this is the number one trending topic, my God, I'm not like, all right, I know, it's, now I'm pumped. It's real similar to when you drive past a McDonald's sign and it says, like, billions and billions served. Yeah. Like, it's not impressive. When yeah. you're up to the Bs, when you're up to the billions, I guess it's impressive in, like, like an infinity gauntlet sort of way, like billions <laughs> of hamburgers. That's yeah. a lot of hamburgers, but yeah. otherwise it's like, it's just this weird, it's bragging when you've already won the race, you know? Yeah. Like WrestleMania does fine. They make a lot of money. Do they yeah. really need to come out and tell you how great they are? That it, and that it's the attendance record for that particular stadium. Like uh-huh. they're trying to convince you to care about that. And how, how could I possibly care? Yeah. That the Citrus Bowl in Orlando has set a new record. Like, what? You're screaming. You're like, the Citrus Bowl? Oh, my God. (laughs) More than 74,000? That's impossible. More than the college football championship four years ago? No. (laughs) No. Yeah, I just picture someone. Jimmy Fallon's there. (laughs) Just spitting their beer out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 76,000. Did he say 76,000? Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I decided to devote seven hours and 15 minutes to watching this tonight. I know. WrestleMania 33, not an exaggeration, was seven hours and 15 it minutes It was long. long. It was kind of long. Well, how long is it generally? It's generally at least four hours, right? I think the typical pay-per-view was like back in the day, like the Nitro, WCW, Monday Night Wars. It was like three and a half hours. Three and a half. And then four hours started pushing it. And then last year's WrestleMania broke the record, (laughs) I'm guessing. And now, my goodness gracious. Well, that being said, I felt like overall the the production was real stripped down. And it was a lot of just lean cuts of wrestling. There's not a lot of – there was no rock messing around with the flamethrower. Yeah. There was the the Pitbull concert in the middle. 
yeah. that was so funny because the camera is this big, like high up wide shot of the arena, and then they announce introducing international recording artist and two-time Grammy winner Pitbull. Mm -hmm. And you see the crowd rise to their feet mm -hmm. and start walking towards the aisles. It was hilarious. It was like some out of The Simpsons. <laughs> there was like a lot. tons of people like immediately jump up and then start walking away. There was a lot. There was a lot of strange happenings of this, and and we'll get to that as yeah. far as people acting weird. The ramp, the entryway ramp. ramp. Oh was, my god! Uh, holy that was smokes. that was my entertainment for the whole night. Was yeah. the ramp? I was. It was just killing me. The best was when John Cena ran down it, and they took this extreme long shot of it. Yeah. So it's this huge long ramp that's a half a mile it long. It had to be half a mile. And it's covered in stars, and you just see this little muscly toddler, like, running. <laughs> it's just showing him running and running and running. Yeah. And it was, I was like, the, the, the ramp was killing me. Well, then during the SmackDown women's match, they would come out and, you know, do their little taunt dance pose mm -hmm. thing. And they wouldn't even be a third of the way down the ramp before the next person was yeah, coming out. Like, there's yeah. a bottleneck. It was nuts. And, yeah. I, and, the, and the two things I thought about that was, well, I guess no one's going to surprise running. <laughs> because you're going to know someone's yeah. coming yeah. From, from a mile off. And <laughs> oh, I wish that would have happened. Or someone's just like running like, and running. Like big and fat running. Samoa Joe yeah. trying to interfere in a match. Like, oh my God, Samoa Joe's coming. And then they're just, he's like they're, a, they have to stand there in shock for three yeah, and a half minutes. For 90 seconds yeah. as he's just barreling down this <laughs> ramp. The, the other thing I kept thinking about is I wanted someone so bad on either a little golf cart or the, the little motorcycle to get one wheel off the side and fall off the side. Yeah. Like, I, that would have that would have made the whole night for me to have Triple H going down on his big dumb motorcycle and then like <laughs> go yeah. over the side and see Stephanie go flying <laughs> with his bike cops. Yeah. Well, let's let's go through. I've got the uh, the match results here. Okay. So the pre-show, I didn't watch the pre-show, so you'll have yeah. to tell me. So uh, so what was it? I didn't watch it. Aaron Aust Austin Aries versus Neville. Okay. Neville won. Yeah. Uh, Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose. I did watch. Uh, I didn't watch the whole match. Uh, but I watched some of it on, on YouTube. And Baron Corbin screams. What does he say? Like, you're finished now, Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Calls him by his full name. And then Dean immediately pins him. No, title. Not, not, not full name. His title. Yeah, his title. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the dean of a college. Is the Dean Ambrose. Of Lunatic University. You're right. From what I saw, Baron Corbin looked really silly because he was yelling. And oh, the really? crowd was so dead that you could hear everything he was saying. And he's literally like, I'm going to win your belt. <laughs> You're finished now, Ambrose. D like a, Dean Ambrose. It's like a Nintendo game. Yeah. The bad guy from a Nintendo game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like it's punch out, like mm. those taunts in mm -hmm. punch out. Right. So for the last year, they've been building up probably the match everyone, anyone who's a fan of sports or sports entertainment wants to see. What's your favorite kind of athlete? How about a retired 50-year-old <laughs> Giant of a man who was slow in his prime. I'm not talking about the big show. I'm talking about Shaquille O'Neal. When you turn into WWE WrestleMania, you want to see a guy who's, who's, not, a perf who's not a wrestler, yes. who's, who's very old, was never in good shape. Mm -hmm. So they've been hyping up Big Show, who we love, versus Shaq. Big Show is 7'4", mm -hmm. 9,000 pounds. He's huge. I've talked to him on the phone. I know, which is a, a cool, humble brag. Yeah. Or brag brag. Um, Big Show has been taking some time off and getting in the best shape of his life. He it's has. astonishing. Better shape than me. Then it turns out Shaq forgot about it. Shaq, like, this is literally what happened behind the scenes is Shaq was like, oh, am I still supposed to do that? What? And no. Shaq's like, nah, forget it. No I can't. way. I'm not in shape. Yeah. What? Because then, then 
this was kind of the first match even announced for WrestleMania months right. ago. Yeah, I, I w- and Big Show announced that it's going to be his last WrestleMania match. Right. Against Shaq. Uh, historic. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, the whole WrestleMania, I was like, where's Big Show and Shaq? Yeah. Where yeah. are they? So the pre-show had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, mm-hmm. which is basically like, well, here's guys we don't know what to do with. Right. Here's, here's one or two guys we don't know what to do with, plus a bunch of guys that you do not care about at right. all. Right, and never will. And never will. So Big Show was in that one, got eliminated very early. <laughs> and that's the end of his career. No. His career that started in no. 1996. No. Yeah, he's gonna do SummerSlam or something. Is it like this? Can't. I should hope so. Is this he, really it? Well, it's his last WrestleMania. Pre-show. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's not retired, but it God, it is his not, last WrestleMania. It's fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. This um, is the Orlando screw job. Yeah, it is. Well, no, the screw job is that Mojo Raleigh won <laughs> by uh, Patriots tight end oh. football man Rob Gronkowski jumping over the rail uh-huh. to help him win. Uh, the amazing thing about this is the arena security was not told that a guy would be jumping the rail. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I'm glad that she was that zealous right. about it because I don't want people jumping the rail True. and ruining my sports entertainment That's by right. murdering somebody. Right, right. But he jumps and she immediately like runs and tackles him. She is literally half his size mm. and probably in her 50s <laughs> and runs and is like holding him back like, no, no. And then... WWE officials have to come and be like, it's okay. Let him in. Which, if you're watching this... He's a celebrity. He's a football celebrity. So, But also, how are we explaining this in terms of kayfabe? And kayfabe is the term for wrestling being real, like the reality of the illusion. How How do we explain it? How do we explain in kayfabe that referees were like, no security, let this guy in to determine the outcome of the match? Well, I guess... No, we want this guy to come interfere. They could think this guy looks brave. Maybe it's something like that. Or... Oh, so they're like, hang on. Let's see what this kid's got. Seems like the rules... He's got moxie. <laughs> yeah. He's got nerve. Maybe, he's, he's, maybe he can challenge one of these guys. Yeah. Really pu- push them to the next stratosphere of competing. I think it could be that, or it could just be simply, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just see how this plays out. Vince is just throwing popcorn in his mouth, mm-hmm. like that gif of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Mm-hmm. That gives me an idea. Anyway, um, so on to the main show, Shane McMahon, AJ Styles. That was probably the, one of the best matches of the night. That was pretty good. Shane McMahon's in his 50s, and he's a millionaire because mm-hmm. he's the son of the owner of the company. Mm-hmm. And the behind-the-scenes thing is that basically within weeks to go, AJ Styles, perhaps their greatest entertainer, they just didn't have anything for him to do at WrestleMania. Right. So Shane was like, I'll do it. No, he challenged him. He, he went and like threw a fit. Well, that was the, that's the kayfabes, but oh, in real the, life? the real thing is basically they had nothing for AJ to do, and Shane was like, well, I can do something. Oh, okay. But let's not talk about that. That's not interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, AJ Styles threw a fit. No, he Shane, threw a fit. Shane, the commissioner, literally the boss, mm-hmm. was like, I'll fight you. Because no, that's it, what happens to me, too. Like I, I had this big disagreement over... Um, uh, designing a, a postcard of my right. work, mm-hmm. and and the boss was like, "Let's fight." So you showed up in the garage and, and jumped him, slammed yeah, his head yeah. through a car window. Yeah, because the best part about this is he was given the match after severely assaulting his boss. Mm-hmm. He took his boss and literally slammed his head through a car window, and then his boss said, "Okay, you convinced me. You convinced me. Let's fight for real." <laughs> like it's just great. 
You can just jump your. I guess that's the fantasy of most people yeah. to jump their boss. What drove me nuts about this match is Shane McMahon did a shooting star press, mm-hmm. which is you climb up to the top rope and do this weird backflip mm-hmm. to land on somebody. It's one of the most difficult moves to do. Right. And it's so dangerous, it's actually been banned by the WWE. This mm-hmm. is true. This is not like banned by the. No, really, because you can. Really? If you do it wrong, you hit your head or you land with your knees on the guy's face. Mm-hmm. Something bad happens. So Shane McMahon does it, and I'm amazed that to see him perform this feat of athleticism. And the announcers are just silent. They don't p- bring attention to it. They're, they're not. not? Like, they're not like, oh my God, what did he do? They're I was like, impressed. I recognized yeah, it. I was like, yeah. holy shit. And then poor David Otunga, who usually doesn't say anything interesting, says like, can we take a minute to point out that the commissioner just did a shooting move? star press? And yeah. then the guys are like, oh, AJ with the chin lock. Yeah. That's really bizarre. It was a, a weird moment. I'd like to be an armchair psychiatrist and ask you why a rich <laughs> child of of a tyrant CEO, like what is, maybe I just answered my own question. Why is he doing such incredibly dangerous spots? He's already wealthy. Yeah. His dad owns the company. Like why agree to, to do things that are gi- giving you concussions and stuff consistently? Yeah. He, he has a con- concussion every six months from one of his moves. Well, I like this armchair psychology. Okay. Well, there's a couple ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. He is so devoted to the product that he to to make it entertaining, he's going to go out there and give it whatever he got, mm-hmm. whatever he's got. Because <laughs> clearly, his whole life—I mean, he was born when WWE was mm-hmm. a thing, so right. he, literally his entire life has been in this world. Right. So he's like, I'm going to go out there. I'm not going to throw away my shot. I'm going to leap around and and put on a show for the people. Okay, I don't believe that So the other way to look at it is that he is the son of a rich, insane tyrant who's also rich. (laughs) Right. And is just like so egotistical that he's got to one-up these guys, you know, who do it full-time, 250 nights a year as their career. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you think you're hot stuff? You think you deserve a raise? Fine, I'll go out there and jump off a cage onto a table. Yeah, he trains for three three weeks and then just jumps off the top of it. Yeah, but he, he's he gets he gets a concussion every time, right? I know he was. He's got a few. Yeah, <laughs> the, that last time he wrestled, he got a legit concussion during yeah. the match. It was scary because he was unconscious with his eyes open. Was that the coast to coast move on yeah, Raw? Yeah. Okay. Where he jumped from one side of the ring to the other, and then and then hit Roman's knees. Yeah. And then, yeah, he was literally on the ground with his mouth open and his eyes open. It's scary. But completely unconscious. And you yeah. can see the ref, like, picking up his hand, and it's just falling. Oh, and, then the, and the ref even, like, they didn't even make it a thing. They were just like, no, no, stop. Yeah. He's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary as hell, Jack. <laughs> okay. Well, he, I don't know. He's got his daddy, daddy slash God. Yeah. He has to appease, I guess. Um, we talked about... It's a good match, though. AJ made... I, I read somewhere that... that uh, he, uh, what's his name? God, I've already spaced it. Uh, AJ Styles? No, Shane no. McMahon? Shane, Shane, Shane. Sorry. That Shane was actually injured and AJ was kind of doing a lot. Oh, of, yeah, I saw that. A lot of stuff to keep him looking good and acting, you know, really kind of selling, being injured and being hit by him. So everything I read always makes AJ Styles sound like he, he, is so good you don't realize how good he is. Yeah. Like all his magic is stuff you don't even notice because it's so subtle and so well done. Um, we spoke a few episodes ago about the WWE live event we attended. Right. 
where we kind of we were on the front row and we wanted to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. So we were booing and taunting. A lot of booing. A lot of booing, a lot of taunting, a lot of cheering for the for the good guys. Mm-hmm. We did make it a point to keep it clean mm-hmm. and you know, not not easy say on the personal. Yeah, easy on the strictly swears. like you're a jerk. Yeah, go back to Atlanta and be a jerk there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit like that. So, uh, and we've told this, but Kevin Owens won his match in the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, rolled out of the ring, came right up in my face, and said to me, "You will ne-, while holding up the belt, said you will never have what I have. Mm-hmm. Have fun being a virgin forever." Right. We all got a real kick out of that. Yeah, that's funny. a thrill. <laughs> and that's what I was kind of hoping for the entire I know, time. That's what we dreamed of. My brother got a video of this whole thing. And I, I don't know, just put it on his Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it went. I just found out that it went viral. <laughs> my brother, and this is kind of shitty. It's my brother's video. Uh-huh. And all these like YouTubes have uploaded it, gotten 200, 300,000 views. Right. Of course, no credit to my brother. Right. Not a penny. Not a penny. They're making pennies off this. Uh-huh. Or maybe hundreds of dollars. I mean, maybe. So here's some of that. Kevin Owens destroys booing fan at WWE event. Destroys. Destroy. Kind of the headline is all Kevin Owens at it again, destroying booing fans. They're yeah, they're all saying how I was destroyed, and you know, this this fan got more than he bargained for. <laughs> uh, it's kind of sad because all the assumption in every one of those articles is that you are indeed. A virgin. A virgin forever. And forever. then I'm like, and then it like broke my heart. Like, it really just like, you were booing him. And then what he said back to you, just literally you went home and cried and killed yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just so upset by this. We and, were like uh, high-fiving. We were, we were no, so we were happy. thrilled. Like, I was literally euphoric. Yeah. If anything, like we played him because we got exactly what we wanted. Right. Which was just this next level of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I just think that's really funny. Um, he did destroy me, though, when he turned on Chris Jericho. That really broke my heart. Yeah, no, it is. It's hard. When, when Chris Jericho said, why, why am I on this list? Really hurt me. So they finally, Jericho finally got his revenge, sort of. Well. And he lost. <laughs> so. best, okay, these are two best friends. Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, a classic tale of friendship. And so I didn't know what to expect because I couldn't imagine them not being friends. Yeah. Or best friends, even. But yeah, they, it finally came to a head at the Festival of Friendship. They had, dist- they, they had blows, and they were going to settle it tonight at WrestleMania that night. I was really, I was really rooting for, for Chris. Yeah. <laughs> really was. He had some, he had a, he's got a new scarf that has Christmas lights on it. Yes, I loved that. I loved, I, I just, again, I want to point out how much I loved the ramp that was so <laughs> yeah. ridiculously long. Yeah. And early on, I even thought, oh, God, the Undertaker match. Like, what are they yeah. going to do? Yeah. It's going to take 40 minutes for him to get to the stage. He's still, he's still going. Yeah. Uh, I don't what, There's nothing to say about this match. Besides heartbreak, friend, the, I still have faith in friendship a little bit. As much as it really... Well, Kevin Owens kept yelling, I was never your best never friend. Never your best friend. That's hard to hear, man. Yeah. In any relationship, you can accept that things go low. south. And that's yeah. saying, like, I've never loved you. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. After eight years of marriage. Yeah. Ch- <laughs> yeah. Your feelings changing is one thing. But it, that really is unnecessary. I never liked podcasting. Do you know what I would love? Is if this turns out to be that Kevin Owens did that because as a self-defense, the, the friendship actually meant more to Kevin Owens than Chris. But he couldn't be vulnerable. And he, so he, Probably. It was an emotional response to bash his best friend's head through a TV. 
Yeah. But, but love, love's crazy. You do crazy things sometimes for your friends, you know? So I loved the swerve on the triple threat ladder match for the tag team championships. Oh, yeah. Where This uh, is probably the moment of the night. Yeah, so the Hardy Boys return. The Hardy Boys are a couple of... They debuted probably in the late 90s. They're a couple of raver juggalos, I think is the only way to describe it. <laughs> kind of. They really... Jeff more than Matt. Yeah, Jeff Hardy wears... Way more of like a juggalo raver. In his hype, he was wearing Jinkos, a mesh shirt, uh-huh. and had hair that was half purple and half turquoise. He's, he kind of looked the same. And he pretty well. much looks the same. He's, you know, he's obviously aged. They haven't been in the WWE for seven years mm-hmm. uh, because of their very serious drug problems. And the, yeah, which hopefully are under control now. Well, uh, I, well, they're alleged. They're alleged serious drug problems. Well, I imagine we weren't there. The thing that's really hard to, to hear about that is, I imagine WWE, their drug testing is really kind of lax, and so to to really just time after time violate their drug policy, you've really got to have a drug problem. Well, and maybe, he um, right? well he got arrested too, Jeff. Yeah, in his home for having. Lot of, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of drugs in there. Every drugs. Like, all, it was pretty much every drugs. You can read about it all, online. And also his house burned down. That's, that was sad. Very meth labby. Yeah. Mysteriousness. Yeah. Um, but they're like the, they are the... They're the, artists, man. Yeah. When, especially with ladders. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. <laughs> they, t- they took that class in community. Ladders. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh, John Cena and... His girlfriend versus The Miz and his wife. So, John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella. That was. I wish that was. How did it get out? Very bizarre. How did it get get out? Because I, I read rumors about this online well before it happened. Well, yeah. And There's got to be a way to keep that a secret. Yeah. Supposedly, from what I read, he proposed that same morning to her privately. Yeah. And then. Proposed at WrestleMania six hours later or whatever, but I swear I read. No, I've thing. been yeah, I've been reading about this for a long time. Yeah, so it, like I don't know what to think. I would have loved if that was a bigger surprise. I I actually got weirdly kind of emotional. It was a very sweet moment. My- <laughs> John, John Cena is the most sincere man in sports entertainment. It's hard to hate him. Really hard to hate him. The king of Make a Wish. Mm-hmm. More Make a Wish uh, uh, wishes granted than any other celebrity in history. His. His speech making the proposal, I wish I could be half that eloquent right. when I'm bearing my soul in front of 74,000 people at the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> I know. It's kind of impressive, huh, in, in yeah. that aspect. And it just, just the nerve to even yeah. be able to speak. To, I mean, there's people that propose at the NBA game. That's, mm-hmm. what, 20,000 people? Yeah. <clears throat> this is 400,000 people at the Rose Bowl, which holds 70,000 people. <laughs> exactly. So think about that. Well, she said yes. She said yes. Um, Triple H comes to the ring for his match. Do you know what's kind of sad before we move on? Yeah. Is he told, John Cena told this big long story about Nikki Bella going into surgery and he asked her one question when she was on the drugs that were, you know, that would put her under and and she won't have any memory of the question. Yeah. And it should have been something about you can't see me. (laughs) Can, Can you like, can you see me? And she says, Yes. Because she's the only one who can see him. She's the only him. one that can see him. And then that's how he knows he has to marry her. Like, they could have done... Because he tells this story, and it's kind of pointless. 
It's like, oh, yeah, you talk to her. It's like fucking with someone after they get out of getting their tonsils so she, removed, Yeah, she's having know? surgery, and he asked her to marry him. No, he said, would you say yes if I asked you or something oh, like something that. like that, yeah. So basically that is we're well on our way to a, an hilarious romantic comedy mm-hmm. where a guy proposes to a stranger when she's going under anesthesia. Right. Um, but then it's legally binding, and they have to get married. Mm-hmm. And then, but they're, man, they're like oil and water. They just do not mix, but they're married now. And one, one's like an uptight surgeon that actually did the surgery. The other is, is kind of the slobbish, odd couple yeah. girl, but then they fall in love at the end. I mean, it's an, it's an utterly horrifying plot. <laughs> but, I mean, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn did it in Overboard. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's the, the amnesia. It's Stockholm Syndrome right there. Yeah, the old amnesia marriage plot is... Well due for a reboot. Right. So, yeah, okay. I don't know. I thought it was kind of sweet. I'm going to be honest. No, it was really, it was, it was, it was really sweet. My, my eyeballs were sweating a little bit. <laughs> uh, Triple H comes to the ring in what was supposed to be badass, but was just the silliest looking Looney Tunes motorcycle. <laughs> He looked like a pervert. Is that the in that one where the, where the police escorted them and they were going like three miles an hour? Yeah, that's so how big like... this half mile ramp is. Is he's escorted by police motorcycles, but then he's on this little thing and he keeps vroom vrooming it. And just to see a fifty year old man vroom vrooming a thing <laughs> is like it looks like a toddler on a Hot Wheels. But he was in like like or Power Wheels, whatever. They it was like the front of a Harley and then the back of a PT Cruiser. <laughs> it was so it stupid kinda, looking, and then was. he's got his mean face on. Yeah. And then he gets the ring and just keeps going like, vroom, 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 vroom. The The thing I loved is... Like, why are you tough? Because you're vroom, vrooming. I just love how they go from business people during the week to bikers on the weekend. Yeah. Because, you know, Triple H is always in a suit. Stephanie McMahon is always dressed dressed real smart. And then they do this stuff. And she, she literally... Do you know what she looks like? Stephanie McMahon looks like when you go to a costume store at Halloween... (laughs) <laughs> and, and you get like biker. That's and the, exactly and it. And the picture of the the model on the cardboard thing inside the bat, the plastic bag with the, yeah. the cheap costume. It's it's Stephanie McMahon. It's like that's exactly very it. very like soccer mom dressed up as a biker. And then the costume, like inside the bag, is some sort of rubbery pants. Right, like pants made out of Nerf material. Yeah, a vest, fake eyelashes. The thin. It's, the pants are so thin. Yeah, and like, and it's it's the sewing is already coming unthreaded. Yeah, but yeah, there you are, biker biker babe. So yeah, so she wore a biker babe thing from Zercher's. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Zerkers. Oh, and uh, and then have you seen? Imagine seeing Triple H in real life. That man's head is like a Mardi Gras float. <laughs> he fell asleep in the in the tanning bed. Also, yeah, he was bright red. But he has had a long career. I've been following him for a while, but I didn't notice how giant and weird his head is. He looks like he's on Mount Rushmore. Well, that's that's carved gotta, from stone. That's got to be the human growth hormone thing. I think then. it is. That's like the Barry Bonds thing, where your your hat sizes keep going up. Yeah, like that's not normal. No, he just looks like an Easter Island man. He's 40- he doesn't even look like he did a year ago. Well, he is forty-seven. Yeah, and he's he's as muscular as as not. Even, I was going to say like a thirty-year-old, but he doesn't even look human, kind of. Well, so we were, it's not like a fit thirty-year-old. Well, it's we, more like a He-Man toy. He does look like a He-Man toy, absolutely. <laughs> and we were talking, uh, we mentioned that Rob Gronkowski, tight end for the New England Patriots, comes out. He is a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. He is in, in the National Football League. Right. And he's considered one of the uh, most muscular and toughest and strongest. And functionally. 
Yeah. Like his muscles are that look that way because he's so strong. Yeah. And he looked just skinny compared to these guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything about that, but maybe you can hear me winking into the right. microphone. That it's maybe not a completely natural situation, yeah. you're saying. This isn't just getting up half hour it's early to go on a genes. run. It's good genes. Good genes, good genetics. I get it. Uh, and then, so Triple H accidentally knocks his bride, Stephanie, into a table. Oh, God. And then his head just starts vibrating like an oh. like Like on Westworld, when the animatronics start going bugged out. That's what he looked like. Up to this point in WrestleMania, I've, I've popped in every match a little bit. And when they first put the table out, the first thing I thought of was Wrestle Kingdom 11 recently with, oh, yeah. with uh, Kenny Omega and, what is it, Okada? Yeah. Where they set a table out, and, they, and, and then you forget about it. You know, for 10 minutes of goofing around. And then I think, I think Kenny Omega goes through it. Yeah. And so when they first put the table out, I was like, oh, they're going to try to top that. And they, they did. <laughs> but yeah. just in a way I, I didn't expect. I thought there was going to be some crazy move. And Seth Rollins was going to do a backflip out of the ring into the table and smash it. But to have Stephanie try to do interference. And that, so what happens exactly? Seth, she, he bumps Triple H. Triple H almost hits her. Yeah. And they do this like, whoa, I almost bumped my wife. She doesn't move. She doesn't move, right? Yeah. And then Seth Rollins bounces off the, the ropes and comes back and kicks him or something. Yeah. Triple H hits Stephanie. She flies off the, the, the side of the ring through a table. Unconscious, too. Unconscious. Her eyes were closed. It looked a little scary. For a minute, I was yeah. worked a bit. When, when <laughs> yeah. I, I saw someone, some doctors attending to her, and I was a little bit worked, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And then I was like, No. Like she knew this was happening. <laughs> that was a great match, though. So we've been great. talking. We've that been was talking my about favorite this, match uh, of the night. I don't know how long we've been talking about WrestleMania. Maybe twenty-five, thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. At this point in the show, we are at f- about four and a half hours. Right. We have just summed up four and a half hours of action for you. It was long. It was a little bit long. Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton was a terrible match. Uh, Randy Orton is a snake in human form who hears voices in his head. <laughs> his st- Bray Wyatt is a cult leader who lives in a swamp who mm. can control lightning and steal souls and has an army of druids in sheep masks. So, in case you don't, so know. a classic rivalry. But now he has a new power. Oh my god! Well, right b- before we talk about that, I want to talk about Randy Orton's goofy little snake on the ramp getting stuck and glitching. And oh moving. yeah! Like what was going on with the snake? Yeah. Technical difficulties was, on yeah, the snake. It looked terrible. It looked like a big sperm, too. <laughs> it did. But yes, that, the, 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 this was actually maybe the moment of the night. I, I almost fell off the couch laughing when this happened. Aliak came in to see what was going on because I was laughing so yeah. hard. <laughs> so Randy Orton versus uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray uses his new powers of, I guess, inducing hallucinations? That's, it's either inducing hallucinations or ha- hiring an AV intern. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, he, he, he got Because if he induced hallucinations, it was on all of us at home, in the arena. That's true. He is a god. He's always talking about what a god he is. Yeah. That, it's, it was very much like the Lost Boys, where maggots, Michael, you're eating maggots. Oh, yeah. And then he looks down, and he, his noodles are maggots. Ugh. And then there's another one up with worms, even, I think. Doesn't that also happen in Poltergeist? Yeah. It's, kind of, it's a nice little trick. So <laughs> Randy's yeah. in the middle of the ring. On the ground, and Bray Wyatt uses his magic to turn the ring into just maggots. 
a video of maggots. Like a like you took a, a projector and projected maggots moving on. It's, it's almost as if that's what was happening. It, almost, almost as if just a projector it's was a, projecting a video of maggots. I loved it. But I was, no, I was, I was dying. Well, it it didn't quite break Randy's spirit the first time, that's so he right. did it again this time with horrible worms. Worms. Even that, maybe not enough to totally break him. So try it again. With cockroaches. Cockroaches. I like that one. And then Randy immediately gets up and pins him and gets the championship. Yeah. Cockroaches. He was not phased by the cockroaches at all. And this, this puts Bray Wyatt in the position of having a now zero and five WrestleMania losing streak. Yeah. He's the reverse undertaker. So he's the reverse undertaker. So it, make, it makes no sense. Is what, what's the purpose? Why not push Bray at this point? Yeah. For boring old Randy Orton. Yeah, who's already headlined WrestleMania and all this stuff. Well, where does Bray Wyatt go from here? He no longer has any followers. His (laughs) swamp shack has burned down. Oh, yeah. His sister's ashes have burned down worse. Uh Uh-huh. So he's alone in the world. Like, he's, yeah, nice cult leader. Got no cult. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think... He needs to get rid of those dreads, man. I hate those dreadlocks. Disgusting. They're so good. He looks disgusting. Uh, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. I thought it was awesome. I did. Yeah, it was, I really like this match. The, the compared to some of the, to at least the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match previous, it, there was a lot more energy. They were really going at it. I felt like yeah, and it was it was just the same move over and over. Suplex City forever. Spear forever. Spear forever. But I'm fine with that. Yeah. Who cares? You know, I'm not watching. I'm not paying for the ballet. I'm paying for, for goofball, for grown men to pretend to punch each other. <laughs> exactly. So your spear looks good. Yeah. A, a German suplex looks cool. That's fine. Um, and then this, the women's match that was just ridiculous. I do like that James Ellsworth has found a career for himself. It's weird. As a, some sort of comedy villain. Just the most <laughs> improbable. I was just thinking of how surreal it is. Like the, the Hardys, when, the Hardy brothers, when they came out, you're going from this little promotion where you're selling out a place of like 500 seats, yeah, to this dome with 75,000 people. Record-breaking crowd. It must have been so surreal. It yeah. must have been such a weird feeling. Yeah. And same with James Ellsworth, where he's running down this ramp. He's got a lot of time to think. The ramp was so far. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably probably thinking, "Wow, a year ago I worked at Dairy Queen." That's true. That's literally. I mean, and, I don't know that it was Dairy Queen, but... Right. But now I'm running down in front of, you know, 75,000 screaming fans at the biggest event there is in this industry. Yeah. So for those who don't know, James Ellsworth is an incredibly skinny, mm. frankly, really weird looking dude. Right. He was brought in for one episode of wrestling. They, they were like in his town and they needed a skinny, weird looking dude right. to get like to utterly get squashed, destroyed right? in a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then somehow... Uh, Oh, and then this is what he said. They interviewed him before, and he said, any man with two hands has a fighting chance, <laughs> which is our generation's version of Alec Baldwin saying, what one man can do, another can do. Right. From the edge. Um, so somehow the internet caught on to that, and then the internet like willed him into existence. Mm-hmm. They improbably brought him back a few months later, and he caught on again. Right. And now he's, yeah, now he's performing at WrestleMania. And then if he won, they did this whole thing about if you win these matches, you can get a contract and a job, right? Yeah. Was that, was that what it was? Or am I yeah. thinking? No, like... yeah. Yeah, that was totally it. And then... So he took on AJ Styles. He took on a bunch of big... Yeah. He beat AJ Styles twice, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not, not legitimately. <laughs> 
But now this guy has a job at WrestleMania escorting like the Carmella, Carmella, uh-huh. and just being goofy and and probably making a lot more money than at Dairy Queen yes. and wrestling in high school gyms. Wow, it's it's it must be surreal. It must just be yeah. surreal. Anyway, that match was awful. <laughs> what was with Mickey James coming out in like a like a Native American headdress? I looked and a that Pocahontas up. Outfit? I looked that up. She's she's like one tenth. Cherokee or something. Oh. She she actually has some kind of Native American situation because I I was like, whoa, this is weird and sort of racist, and I yeah. don't know. Like but, you can't. I just you, I just don't think he can do that anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but apparently she has she has the credentials. Oh, okay. Well, so that's good, I guess. Or maybe she should know even. Ah, who cares? <laughs> like, shouldn't she know better than to? I don't know. I just I heard something on the radio like literally yesterday about like how headdresses are a really big deal because you really have to earn that headdress. Oh, are they? Yeah. So to just like wear one because it looks cool. Okay. You know, it's like it's stolen valor, really. It's exactly that. It is stolen valor. Yeah. I noticed John Cena taking off his dog tags at this WrestleMania, and it kind of for the first time really sort of bothered me as much as yeah. I like him. Yeah. I'm like, what what is on these dog tags? Like, just his name and his address. <laughs> yeah. He, he ordered them from a magazine. Because he hasn't actually been in the military. Yeah, that's really interesting that John Cena present. He comes his whole out, career is stolen valor. He has a, a little bit. He has a military haircut. He comes out and, and does a very crisp mm. military salute. Mm-hmm. He is sometimes accompanied by an honor guard. Right. <laughs> Maybe it just counts because he's doing his part for military awareness. I guess. If, if you're looking at it like how Captain America did those USO shows. Yeah. If you're looking at it that way, he is doing his part, but I thought the dog tags were a little much. <laughs> yeah. At least he's not wearing medals. All right, before we get to the, the final main event, one other thing I wanted to talk about that I forgot is the Triple H versus Seth Rollins match was an unsanctioned match. Oh, and, that's right. And so I looked that up <laughs> to like, what, how is this different than No Holds Barred? Yeah. So unsanctioned, uh, if Seth Rollins gets injured, he can't legally... Uh, hold WWE accountable. Yeah, and so, basically he wanted to fight so bad even though he wasn't medically cleared right. to fight. So that means that he can't sue WWE if he gets severely injured yeah. fighting at WrestleMania. Yeah. And it just start, made me start thinking, that means at No Holds Barred, if someone injures you severely with a sledgehammer, you can sue them, Right. Oh, yeah. So, th- so if this was such an exception... Right. Doesn't that mean that... So when Triple H, who, by the way, is the head of the company, <laughs> when your boss takes a sledgehammer and uh-huh. smashes your knee to bits with it... Right. And then you, forces you to miss a year's worth of work... Right. You can hold him liable. Unless it's unsanctioned like this match. But this is the only time I've ever seen an unsanctioned match. Is it really? Yeah. This is like a whole new thing. Maybe they just were so they're so tired of juggling the lawsuits. Right. They're like, not again. They were in court all the time. Smart. Finally, a lawyer was like, why don't you just have an unsanctioned match? Just give him a, a ticket that on the back says we are not responsible for objects leaving the field. <laughs> Man, stakes are a lot higher. Because that means in an unsanctioned match, you could literally kill someone. Triple H could have killed him. That's true. That's a loophole. Right. So we've got the, the John Cena, Nikki Bella, romantic comedy, anesthesia, forgetfulness thing. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a loophole where someone kills somebody in front of a record-breaking crowd of 75,000 people. 
And millions at home. Walks away scot-free. The perfect crime. The perfect crime. Just get them to sign into an unsanctioned match. I love that. I love in Noel Holds Barred matches where they pull out a chainsaw. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, if the ref didn't stop you, would you really saw someone's fucking arm off? <laughs> would you really do you're some... You're ready to do that. You're going to yeah. do some serial killer level shit <laughs> if they didn't have a guy going, oh no, you know better. Yeah. You know better. <laughs> you're just going to saw a man in half on live television. <laughs> you are a psychopath. Lunatic. <laughs> Even like a fire axe, even a sledgehammer. Yeah. You hit someone in the head with a sledgehammer, their head might explode. That's what I like, too, is when they are working the sledgehammer, you got to hit them in the knee several times before the knee finally gives out. Well, they also put their hand in front of the the hammer head itself and use it almost like a, I don't know, almost like a brass knuckles or something. Yeah. They've got it in their hand. To hit them in the abdomen. With their fist with a hammer behind it. Yeah. Kind of defeating the whole purpose of the hammer. <laughs> Didn't Houdini get killed by being punched in the belly? That's true. That's a good counterpoint, actually. So getting hit with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Unless you're that guy in that old grainy video that's getting hit with a cannonball in slow motion. <laughs> Wearing, like, swimming goggles or Let's something. Let's do that in a no-hold bar match. <laughs> Let's get one of the wrestlers to secretly be practicing taking a cannonball to the belly. I would love that, actually. No! No, what's he getting? A cannon! What's under that curtain? A cannon! He's got a cannon. My God. Um, I don't like that. Okay. It was great to have uh, Jim Ross, the greatest wrestling announcer of all time, who got fired a few years ago because of something Ric Flair said. Is that true? Yeah. He was like moderating a panel with Ric Flair, and Ric Flair was drunk and off the rails. And JR got fired, even though he's the best, hands down. He is the best, man. He's got a great voice. He's got a g- good uh, instincts. He made the rest of the guys look like such dopes. Oh, God. I was going to say... Up to this point, if we stop it right here with just when, when JR comes out, if you yeah. stop it right now, it, I loved this WrestleMania. Yeah. I loved it. He's great. The commentating was really bad. Oh, it was awful. Like, they were botching stuff like crazy. Yeah. I, I, was, I was surprised how awkward and unnatural all, all of that was. Yeah. Um, and then there was all, there was, they had the German announcer table was made out of solid steel. <laughs> yeah. I think there was two separate maneuvers that were supposed to collapse it that didn't. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy missed one he of missed the ladders. It. He missed hitting Seamus, but Seamus fell off the ladder anyway. Right. <laughs> and that was the one that, that I alluded to earlier, where if you watch it, it was tripping me out because Seamus and Cesaro were crawling from the ring onto the ladders. Yeah. They didn't. Most of the time, they, they make up some kind of bullshit reason why someone's collapsed somewhere. Those two literally were crawling while other people were wrestling for no reason onto these ladders to be jumped on. They were delirious. It was, okay. They thought they were... I'll you buy know, that, actually. You know how when I'll you're really that. hungry in a lifeboat and you look at your friend and they look like a big cheeseburger? They turn into a baked chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So they looked at those ladders and they and saw then, a comfortable And then you put, you put a handkerchief on and you have a knife and a fork. Yeah. And you, you're licking your lips. Yeah. That's true. I'll buy that, actually. What, what you looking at me like that for, Eddie? They took a brutal beating. I would have crawled onto a ladder just yeah, for a little rest They thought myself. it was their bed, yeah. Right, okay. I, I buy that. But yeah, so up to this point, he, his wife just died too. Jim Tragically, his, like days ago. Days ago, probably the, a week ago in a car accident. She, it, so she, it's so, you know, one of those like shock things. Not like she, she was riding a, long... a scooter and was hit a block away from home by a 17-year-old who was texting. Of course. God so damn. motherfuckers out there. I know, stop texting. Put your phones away. So Undertaker and Roman Reigns are fighting over whose yard it is. 
And I love that someone backstage thinks this sounds cool. It does not sound cool. I'm the big dog, and this is my yard. No, no, no. <laughs> this is my yard. No, it's my yard. Well, we'll see whose yard it is. And they were even yelling it during the match. They're hit, slapping each other and going, it's my yard. Is this a T-shirt from 1995? I don't know. It says, I, this is my yard, no I fear. I, this I can't understand. This is the third headlining match, main event match for Roman Reigns. He comes out, it's thunderous booze. Yeah. Thunderous. I, I've, I've heard that they turned down the booing towards the end. I guess yeah. the chanting and booing, like bull, I guess people were chanting bullshit yeah. and booing. And they, I guess, because it did seem very, like a very calm, the crowd was just, just calm as a Hindu, Hindu cow, just silent. Yeah. And it's because they turned the crowd down because people were just chanting bullshit yeah. and boo. And then they're, they're in such denial that they say, um, they're like, oh, people just boo him because they think it makes them cool. What? What? Let's go back to the armchair philosopher. Have you ever booed because you think it's cool to do so? No, I boo because it's stupid and I don't like him. Yeah, but this is, this is literally millions of dollars banked on this stubborn idea, though. So yeah. I'm, I'm asking you, as, as an armchair psychiatrist, psychologist, what is the deal? What is, he seems to be... I've heard the argument that Roman Reigns is popular with children and it's the next generation. They're trying to build a new brand. Yeah. But I, don't, I think he seems to be more unpopular than popular. I almost don't believe it. He gets booed louder than anybody. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just stubbornness of, I'm not going to let the fans tell me what to do. I tell them what to like. As... Because it's not like they're going to lose money by... The thing is, he gets booed, but he is presented as the ultimate underdog hero. Mm-hmm. But he acts like a jerk and does like, yeah. jerk things. Yeah, he's a, he's a jerk. Um, and then he also wins nearly every time. Right. And they're always like, he's the ultimate underdog. Mm-hmm. He's somehow simultaneously the underdog and the big dog who owns the yard. <laughs> now, Undertaker has been wrestling for, what, 30 years? Right. Uh, he had this streak where he went 20-0 at WrestleMania. He's so old now and yeah. broken down. And he looked it in this one. Wow. Yeah. This is the first one where I really was like, geez, he's, he just needs to stop. Yeah. And he really only shows up building up to WrestleMania and at WrestleMania. Mm. He is, um, oh, and if you don't know his character, he is an undead wizard. <laughs> but with a nice cowboy feel. He's kind of a he's Wild not, West yeah, he's like cowboy a, a, wizard. A Wild West wizard. Don't think of Gandalf. Yeah, he can, no, yeah, he's not that kind of wizard. He's, just, he's the kind of wizard who can control lightning, who can, um, who can, he was actually killed once. Oh, was he? He was literally he actually killed. died. We watched. Him. Oh, yeah, he ascended to he- his, his spirit went to heaven or something. He an, died. An angel? He was in a coffin, and then his angel rose to heaven. It's true. Then he came back. Uh, he does tend to bury people in in mm. graves. Um, so Roman wins after a bunch of really messed up. Yeah, a lot of a lot of botches and a lot of Undertaker literally looks like he was too tired to do it. Yeah. Well, that's just because that's what happens when you go up against a big dog, man. It was so depressing. Yeah. Whose fault was that? Was yeah. it Undertaker or was, was it Roman Reigns? I've heard it was, it was Reigns. Really? Yeah. That he was cra- I, I heard that he, he went botching? backstage and, and said, I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so then, we, and then that ramp, that mile-long ramp, Undertaker already has, uh, whereas some guys will run into the ring because they're so pumped and some guys kind of walk with right. some swagger. Undertaker walks like like a zombie, like so slow. Mm-hmm. And so he gets up. He, here's, here's what I liked. 
His wrestling gear is like a tank top and some jinkos. And but when he's it's walking like, in, it's he's, like a, it's almost like a, a girl's swimsuit, like a one piece girl swimsuit yeah. with, with leather pants. Yeah, yeah, good look, like a leotard. So when he walks into the ring, he's wearing a big trench coat and a like an old timey western hat. Mm-hmm. It's very good look, it's spooky. Yeah. So he's in the ring laying there dead, and he starts getting up. Then we cut to some highlights of the match we just saw. Then we cut back to the ring, and he's back in his trench coat and hat. Mm-hmm. Then he takes it off again. Again. So when we were watching the video, he was putting his clothes back on so that he could stand in the middle of the ring and then take them off. A lot of dressing and undressing. Yeah. They, I did appreciate they started him halfway down the ramp. Yeah. Because if, if they would have done the full ramp, it would have been 40 minutes. Yeah. Because I, I looked it up. Apparently, so the Brock Lesnar-Goldberg uh, uh, match was four minutes and 20 seconds, the whole match. And, oh. And, uh, yeah, it was a short. It was violent and fast. Mm-hmm. And Undertaker's walk to the ring was five minutes and 30 seconds. God. So his, his entrance was a minute longer than, the, than may, arguably the other main event. Well, then his outrance was about 12 minutes. So, so yeah, so then he's getting up. He has st- stood up after being beaten. Mm-hmm. Now he has his clothes back on. Then he very methodically takes them off. Folds them up. Folds up his coat, puts his hat on top, leaves it in the middle of the ring, walks out. So that's the last we'll see of The Undertaker. Which is kind of, as a wrestling fan, it's pretty serious business. It is serious, but I, I you know, the, I, two hours, just six hours earlier, <laughs> I, was, I was tearing up to John Cena proposing. Yeah. And this, this left me feeling real empty. Like, I didn't have a big emotional response because I just, I felt like the whole match was anticlimactic and it, it just was maybe botched a little too much or yeah. something. Yeah, well, and, and kind of just knowing that it's still going to be the Roman Reigns show. Yeah, knowing he was going to win, for sure. That, and full disclaimer. I had no doubt. There's, there's backlash against Roman Reigns. There's backlash against the backlash. I am firmly in the I do not enjoy the Roman Reigns character camp. I was thinking that he has permanently destroyed his character. Yeah. By, by this smug dickhead retiring The Undertaker, people are going to hate him forever. Well, see, I heard a, an inter- he did an interview, uh, one of our colleagues, Chris Jericho. Right, a he, colleague. A colleague of ours. And he was saying, why do I have to declare that I'm a good guy or a bad guy? Why don't I just do this and you can choose which one I am? And it's like, because that's not how it works. <laughs> you just can't do it that way. Right. That's like watching the Cubs play the Yankees and thinking, well, why does any of them have to, w- have to play better than the Why other? can't he hit on the other team? Yeah. Why does he have to be on one team? Yeah, it's just, no, you, this, I'm sorry, but we're very... <laughs> We're watching probably Brian, what, what might be the dumbest form of entertainment in the world. Not, We've got to have this. He's not a good guy or a bad guy. He's the guy. I'm the guy. Roman Reigns, big dog. Yeah, he's also just so he's bad the at big being dog. dog. It's his yard now. He's like, yeah, he really acts with his face. He's he's really big on like facial expressions that you can tell he practiced in the mirror. Dun 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 dun. Ah, son of a bitch. Dun 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 dun. I cheered him when I was. Super drunk at the show we went to. So well, there's a, it evens out. There was a little kid next to us who was there, and the whole night he was talking about how excited he was for Roman Reigns, and his father had a head tattoo. So <laughs> let's not let's not try to boo Roman Reigns in front of the little kid who's his biggest fan and his head tattoo father. <laughs> That's true. His father had our area code tattooed on, yeah, his, cr- on his scalp. Cream over the crop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, every uh, if you're just joining us. 
because we're talking about WrestleMania, we do this about every six weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're a regular listener and you're like, what the fuck was that? Right. We do this every six weeks and right. it's free. So It's free. What are your complaints? <laughs> I love that we can always hide behind that. Well, let's go into something else. Let, let's blow their speakers. All right, blow your speakers. My attempt to be a heavy metal elitist, or should I say my completed quest to be a heavy metal elitist. You did it. I did it. So about a year ago, I I decided to start listening to a new album every week of an extreme heavy metal act. Now, one year into it, I feel like I have accomplished my goal. I am now a heavy metal elitist. I applied to be the guest DJ on Liquid Metal on Sirius XM, their metal station, Wow! during a show called Listener Domination. And so I applied, they accepted me, and so I... The show actually premiered yesterday, maybe, <laughs> depending on when this comes out. So, oh, so it's, it has not happened yet, or it has. Maybe. As we record it, it has happened, but as the people that aren't in this room, the first time they hear it, it's already happened. Okay. But there's a bunch of encore shows, so I will now tell you the times really quickly. Oh, awesome. So no, if, tell, tell them slowly. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, fetch a pen. Fetch a pen. Perhaps open your smartphone or tablet and navigate to your notes or text editing app. Right. Take note. If you have XM radio or Sirius radio or Sirius XM or some variation of that, the satellite radio service in your car, I will be on the liquid metal station, Sirius XM channel 40 on, let's see, what's the date? What is the date today? So this, today's the, it's April. April 3rd? No, don't, don't say it out loud. Oh, okay, sorry. For, For some day. reason. I so, don't know why. So Thursday, April 6th, my show will be at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. So that's an early one for Thursday. I think this comes out on Thursday, so you'll have to get right to your XM radio. Yeah. Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Sunday at midnight, and by that, they mean Saturday night at midnight. You know what I mean? Oh, so when, when Saturday Night Live ends, yeah, this w- will begin. When Saturday becomes Sunday, okay. Sunday at midnight Eastern or 9 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night, or next Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So it's going to re- replay a bunch of times. So what kind of uh, amusement park ride do they record in? <laughs> Get this. It doesn't even move. What? It's not even on, on rails. Oh, my God. No, so, yeah, so it's, I think it's a half-hour show. I got to pick five songs of any metal band I wanted to play and then talk about why I wanted to play those songs. And so, yeah, check it out. I feel like that's it. I did it. That's a blue, that's a blue ribbon on my metal quest. Liquid Metal, that radio show, is the metalist metal on or off the planet. A lot of screaming. Yeah. So, Double bass. So if, you're, if you've made it there, you can make it anywhere. I'm sorry, the heaviest metal on or off the planet. Oh, is that, what they is their, say? that is their catchphrase. It's pretty heavy, actually. Their logo, what's more metal than this? A skull. A, uh, one of those guitars that looks like an, an X. Oh. And a lightning bolt. That's right. And a fist. So it's metal. It's metal as it gets. They say well, the F word on it. Like, whoa. I know I'm paying for satellite radio, but I'm just used to normal radio. So when they say the F word, I'm always a little bit shocked. I'm always yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. I've said it like 10 times tonight. Easy on the swears. I'm just, I'm just in one of my moods. Yeah. Well, cool. Congratulations. 
Um, well, this is one of those episodes, we call it a smorgasbord episode, mm-hmm. or a buffet style, or a Jimmy Buffett style, where uh, we kind of talk about a variety of our classic topics. It's a classic style episode, mm-hmm. original classic, recipe. Yeah. So that, of course, means it's time for the Degrassi Minute. And this is not one of those things where I break it down one minute at a time, but I spend about a minute talking about it. Degrassi Junior High, the Canadian television show that aired in the U.S. on public television, where in each episode, uh, various characters deal with social issues in a very frank and realistic manner. And it gets real. It's pretty, it's pretty real. It doesn't get more real than this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, than this one. Than this one. Oh, wow. That's quite a statement. Um, well, I've said that before, when, and we've dealt with some really heavy shit, so that's probably not true. It certainly does get as real as this one. But for this week, it's the most intense part. Yeah, this is the antepenultimate episode of the series of Degrassi Junior High. After this, I got two oh, left. Oh, wow. Then uh, three years of Degrassi High. Um, and, and I've mentioned this before that some of our fans started watching the show after hearing me talk about it and have since surpassed me and are mm. even maybe through Degrassi, the next generation starring Drake. So black and white is the name of the 14th episode of season three of Degrassi junior high. We're going to get right to it with the N word. Oh, wow. Right up front before oh. even the credits. Jeez. Um, uh, Michelle and a gentleman named BLT. I've been getting along. They're talking about science. Mm-hmm. He accidentally bumps someone, BLT does, and the guy says, watch where you're going. Yada, yada, yada. There's a bit of a fight. BLT, you know, they say he's going to get suspended if he ever does something like that again. But well, he was minding his own business. Do they say the actual word? They do. Wow. Several times. Okay. Yeah. It's, it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Um, so uh, BLT, th- there's a lot of... BLT and Michelle are working together in the yearbook, yearbook committee. And uh, Michelle's friends are like, so do you think he's going to ask you to the graduation dance? Mm-hmm. And like Michelle really wants to. They like him. BLT comes over to her house to do some yearbook stuff. This is after he's asked her to the dance. She's mm-hmm. very excited. Um, they come home and they meet Bryant, as is his name. And they leave and the parents are a bit taken aback. <laughs> he did not tell us he was... Guess who's coming to dinner style? Guess who, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, they find out they're going to the dance together and say, well, you should have asked us first because the answer is no. Oh, you wow. can't go to the dance with him. Okay. Their excuse is, you're too young today. <laughs> so, uh, so she goes back to school and tells him that. And uh, there is a girl who uh, explains that she's half black and she's like, I get it too. They call me uh-huh. uh, Oreo or various other. Right. Unpleasant names. Derogatory terms. Yeah. And so there, so Michelle, it doesn't occur to Michelle because she's a good kid. You know, she doesn't, basically, she doesn't really ever get in trouble with her parents or whatever. So she thinks that their reasoning is straightforward. You're too young. Mm-hmm. Um, but her friends suggest, is it because BLT is black? Mm-hmm. And so she asked her parents. And it's just, it's so well done because it's that, it's a really, Frank look at that kind of sort of racism that's not really based on hatred, mm-hmm. but so they're kind of like rationalizing. They're trying to rationalize it, and they're dipping into the pool real slowly. Like they say, you know, when, when a lot of angles, a lot of they're, they're saying it's it, it, it's sorry, we don't care, but in this day and age, um, you know, interracial oh, couples pass the buck. Yeah, interracial couples can still be a thing. Like, what about your kids? Think about your kids, and this is like a junior high kid going to a dance. <laughs> yeah, definitely think about your children. Think about your children's children. Yeah, and uh, and then says her mom says, 
it's just really hard to date when you're from different cultures. And Michelle says, he was, he was born and raised here. <laughs> Like blocks away from our we home. We are so Canadian. Yeah. We're both so Canadian. We're, we're not different cultures. We love ketchup <laughs> chips. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so they just forbid her to go to the dance. So she goes and explains to BLT that she's going to go with him anyway. Oh, wow. So happy ending nice. on this one, I guess. If you can call that a happy ending. Um, and then meanwhile, Spike is experiencing some prejudice of her own. She, her hair at this point looks like the Bellagio Fountain. <laughs> it is exploding. utterly absurd. There's like three ponytails on the back, uh-huh. and then it's just spread out. You know what it looks like is uh, the Iron Throne. If the Iron Throne, was, <laughs> if the Iron Throne is somebody's hair, like Robert Smith with mixed with the Iron Throne, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, so she can't. She's the one who got pregnant. She can't afford her babysitter anymore. Or she, or she, her babysitter left or something. Mm-hmm. So she's going to try to get a job as a busser at a restaurant and walks in and the, and the guy's like, oh, what's with your hair, eh? You stick your finger in a socket? Maybe we should hire you. It'd save on sponges and scrub brushes. Wow. And she's He's really it, going for the throat. It really is. And she's handling it very professionally and saying, I'm really just here to talk about the job. So she doesn't get the job because the guy says, you're late. I told you to be here at 345. And mm-hmm. she says, no, I told you to be here at 4. She's like, no, nope, 345. So her friend, um, whose name escapes me, but her friend has that Chelsea, like, punk right, rock right. haircut. Yeah, we talked friend about says, that. let's come back later and throw rocks through the windows. Mm-hmm. And Spike says, well, that's exactly what he thinks we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So let's just not do that and find another job. So that's a cliffhanger. <laughs> It's very reasonable counterpoint, though. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those cliffhangers where a 15-year-old can't get a job to feed her baby because her hair's too big. (laughs) That actually is probably a surprisingly common thing in real life. The first job I ever applied for was literally flipping burgers, Mm -hmm. which is what... Not, I mean, I enjoy fast food burgers quite a bit, mm-hmm. so I think it's a noble profession, right. frankly. Mm-hmm. But Especially it's always, if you're good at it. If you really put the care into it, yeah, it's impressive. And then, But that's always the thing is, oh, hair like that, you, all, the only job you'll get is slipping burgers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was the first job I ever applied for. I didn't get it. I was 15 years old, applied to eat a burger, to flip burgers. And you said, well, I will take my mohawk elsewhere. I did. I'll take my And my face spider tattoo elsewhere. However, I will take my appetite here because regardless <laughs> of our disagreements over my qualifications, right. I still think your burgers are delicious. <laughs> so you're saying I didn't get the job, huh? Well, are you still open for business? I will take a number one. So you got to just roll with the punches. Just you, roll with you, it, yeah. You take the job interview, immediately roll it into your order. I would like a cherry Coke. Like, it's a shame f- you didn't hire me because I'm about to order a double French fries. Is fry sauce extra, or do you have one of those little pumps? <laughs> this whole time, I was, I was imagining In-N-Out Burger. So, oh shit! Now I'm imagining In-N-Out mm-hmm. Burger. All right, time to go. 